0: Welcome back to the Action for podcast. This is the Naturopath School. Now with me, Maya, the naturopath. A couple of episodes ago, we spoke about ketogenic diet, and that opened the door to some really interesting conversations that I had with some patients about the body's use of sugar. So I thought this week it would be worth explaining about the glycemic response. Now, glycemic response sounds like a super nerdy and boring term, but once we're able to understand what it actually means and how the body responds um, we can make a lot better choices with more information and more understanding of how it actually works and why things work the way they do so i think that you're going to find this interesting once i get part the, past the boring nerdy bit but you know that's life isn't it so let's get to it basically A glycemic response is an increase in blood glucose levels, which happens after eating carbohydrates. So when we digest our food, the carbohydrates in the food break down, and they become glucose, which passes from the digestive tract into the bloodstream. The glucose that is now present in the blood causes the secretion of insulin from the pancreas in the the amount that is needed to get the glucose from the blood into the cells of the body. That's where it's used to generate energy. Now, this process, a glycemic response, begins once the food starts to be broken down. And then usually about two hours after the meal, the glucose concentration drops back to a fasting level after being absorbed into the various tissue cells. Now, the normal range of blood glucose levels during fasting is between 70 and 100 milligrams per 100 cc's. A strong response is when the blood glucose concentrations rise rapidly and to a high level. And a weak response is when the blood glucose concentration rises slowly and to a relatively low level. So a low glycemic response means lower insulin secretion and better control of blood sugar levels over time. In the past... The common assumption was that simple sugars cause a stronger glycemic response than complex sugars. But the truth is that a glycemic response depends on many factors. These can include, one, what type of carbohydrate are you eating? So potato starch, for example, leads to a glycemic response that is identical to that of pure glucose. And although fructose and glucose are both simple carbohydrate, fructose has a weaker glycemic response than glucose. What is fructose present in? You know it, it's fruit. Number two is the processing of the food. So, cooked food produces a stronger response than raw food, and pureed food creates a stronger response than whole food. Eating apple sauce or apple puree will result in a stronger response than eating a whole apple. Foods that dissolve in the mouth like rice crackers for example, will usually break down into sugar faster and lead to a stronger glycemic response. Number three is ripeness. Now usually the riper the food the stronger the glycemic response. Uh, For example a less ripe kiwi, one that is firm and slightly sour, will lead to a weaker glycemic response than a kiwi when it's fully ripe and it's soft and it's sweet. Dietary combination, that's number five. No, that's number four. (laughs) I need to work on my counting skills. Sorry. Number four is dietary combinations. Um, Food that is eaten with added vinegar or lemon juice will lead to a weaker response than the same food without the acidity. Also, adding dietary fiber will also moderate the glycemic responses of food as well as the presence of protein and fat in food. So eating something on its own as opposed to eating it in a meal will have a different uh, glycemic response. Number five is differences between people. The glucose curve and the amount of insulin secreted in the body varies from person to person, and all the more so between a person who's diabetic and one who isn't. Also, the amount of enzymes secreted in their digestive tract and the rate of digestion... The rate of digestion in the digestive system also varies between people. So a glycemic response is an increase in blood sugar after eating. What is the glycemic index? Every food that contains carbohydrate is examined by the glycemic index according to how fast it raises our blood sugar glucose levels while it's being digested compared to consuming the same amount of pure glucose. So for the purpose of creating this index, pure glucose is determined to have a glycemic index of 100. So when a person is given a certain amount of pure glucose and the blood glucose level is checked every half hour for two hours, a glycemic response curve is obtained, which is considered to be 100%. When the glycemic index is high, food is digested quickly and raises the blood glucose levels quickly and to a large degree, and the body is forced to secrete a lot of insulin to lower the sugar levels. Carbohydrates that break down slowly, which have a low glycemic index, release glucose into the bloodstream gradually. Carbohydrates with a glycemic index of 70 and above are considered to have a high glycemic index such as um, white bread, cornflakes, beetroot, white rice. Um, Carbohydrates with a glycemic index below 55 are considered to have a low glycemic index. These are things like beans and rye and peanuts and cherries. Foods that do not contain or that contain very few carbohydrates like oils and fats and meat and fish and cheese Um, they don't get a score in the glycemic index because it's only about breaking down into glucose. Now, this is important because while we need carbohydrates for energy, we need the right kind of carbohydrates. So when we consume foods with a high glycemic index, they break down quickly into sugar in the body. And we get the familiar feeling of a sugar high. That's the feeling of a burst of energy, which is then followed by the drop and the feeling of fatigue and headaches and craving for sweets, which also leads to binge eating. Okay, So too much blood sugar can be problematic for our body, and it requires urgent intervention by releasing insulin that removes the sugar from the blood and into the cells, where it's then used for energy purposes. Now, the excess is then stored or converted into fat. About an hour after eating something with a high glycemic energy, we need another dose of energy. And if we eat something with a high glycemic index again, this cycle will repeat itself. This response disrupts our natural appetite. It causes us to crave sweet things because we can't feel satiation. And if this vicious cycle is repeated too many times, it can worsen into a state of what is called insulin resistance. This is a condition in which we need increasing amounts of insulin in order to reduce blood glucose levels. So the same thing that I ate last year and needed X amount of insulin, now with the insulin resistance, I'm going to need X plus or two times X to produce the same response, okay? That is insulin resistance. This can lead to high blood pressure, diabetes, high cholesterol levels, and fat storage. Now, all of these symptoms together, the blood pressure, the diabetes, the cholesterol, and the fat storing, these are the constitution of what is called the metabolic syndrome, which you may or may not have heard of. Now, the carbohydrates we need are those with a low glycemic index, which encourages low and moderate insulin secretion. These carbohydrates contribute to a longer feeling of satiation. The body has time to use glucose in a methodical way and that allows for the regular production of energy. Maintaining stable and moderate levels of sugar in the bloodstream over time contributes to optimal utilization of food components for the purpose of metabolism, and that contributes to weight loss. When our nutrition has a low glycemic index, we can see positive effects on all of the body functions from the digestive system to heart and skin health a diet that has a low glycemic index support maintaining a healthy weight and has been found to reduce the risk of stroke of diabetes and even breast cancer and alzheimer's so some things to pay attention to is that the glycemic index it's a method that is not perfect and um, first of all it examines the glycemic index of each food individually and it would be difficult to predict the glycemic index of an entire meal. In addition, we already know that if we put lemon juice on a salad and cook the vegetables for less time, which is what we discussed earlier, our glycemic responses will be different than if we did not add this lemon juice and we cooked the vegetables to death. But using this index and our knowledge of glycemic responses when we're building a menu, when we're building a meal plan, can be significant when the goal is to balance blood sugar levels or lose weight. So pay attention that in addition to consuming carbohydrates with a low glycemic index, eating things like legumes, beans, and lentils, and coarse grains, unprocessed and rich in protein, contributes to a moderate glycemic response. In addition, If we want our blood sugar levels to be balanced throughout the day, we should eat a number of small meals in the course of the day rather than three large meals. This is appropriate for most people, not everyone. People vary. Some people are grazers and some people are not. So when you're thinking about how you can best plan your meals... Try to use foods that initially start out with a low glycemic index. And if you use ones that have a high glycemic index, then make sure that you combine them with foods with a low glycemic index or with foods that have fat or protein um, or fiber to slow it down a little bit. Try to remember the five things that make a difference, the type of carbohydrate, the processing of the food, the ripeness of the food, dietary combinations and the differences between people. So when you consider all of these things together, it can help you make better choices and be more aware of how to create a, a meal that will have the least impact on your insulin levels, therefore reducing your risk for insulin resistance and metabolic syndrome and heart disease and diabetes in general. So i hope that made sense i hope i was able to explain it if you have any questions then please comment or send me an email um the easiest thing i guess is to comment on podcast slash blog episode on the website which is uk. it's been an absolute pleasure to have you i hope you have a really good day and i will see you next episode